Flawed and Favored podcast. Join our favorite journey team and guests as we share stories, insights, and wisdom on how to work through and find hope in the challenging moments of everyday life. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening today. We talk about nutrition. It is a topic we feel is important because it is so easy to get off track and ignore our nutrition as we're keeping up with life and keeping up with kids and work and all the things that we do. And we end up feeling horrible. Both Farron and I can relate and we have had many conversations about it. So we asked our friend Jennifer Reykjavich to come share her wisdom and help us be our best selves. And if you like it, please share with a friend and always make sure you are subscribed to the Flawed and Favored podcast and write a review to help others learn more as well. Check out our con- conversation with registered dietitian nutritionist Jennifer Reykjavich. Hey friends, we have a deal for our listeners from My Minerals Makeup for 10% off by entering the promo code Flawed and Favored 10 at checkout. Their makeup and skincare is all natural and looks and feels wonderful. Check it out today at MyMineralsMakeup.com and enter Flawed and Favored 10 at checkout for 10% off. Welcome to the Flawed and Favored podcast. It's been a little while since I've been able to be at the podcast, Mike, with how crazy life has been, but it's so good to um, just be sitting down and having these chats. And I have my dear friend, Jennifer Reykjavich here today, and it's just such a perfect conversation that we're going to have because uh, at this time of year, it's the beginning of the year and everybody is wanting to usually start fresh and uh, maybe eat better or exercise more and do some of those things. And that's what Jennifer's an expert on. So uh, Jennifer, can you kind of fill us in on yourself? Hi. Yes. Um, So I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. I was born and raised here in the Lewis Clark Valley, graduated at Lewiston High School and went to college at University of Idaho. And that's where I got my um, bachelor's of science in food and nutrition with dietetics off. Um, I practice at Tri-State Memorial Hospital. We have a wellness center there and I work closely with our diabetes um, educator as well. Um, but what I do is I work one-on-one with individuals uh, just to help them, you know, set goals to make change. And I see individuals with all sorts of medical diagnosis and everybody that comes in has a different story. And that's what I really love is hearing each individual person's story and figuring out how I can help them become the healthier individual that they want to be. Um, that's my career path, but I also raised two crazy little boys. <laughs> very, very active family. And so nutrition is really important part of what we do at home too, because we are runners, we're bikers, we ski, we play lots of sports, we do travel soccer, travel basketball. So we need good fuel for all that. You are not just runners and bikers. I mean, kind of explain the depth of that. Like you are Ironman people. Like you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so- Funny thing though, I've always been really passionate about health and nutrition and like my husband was not, and he has a huge sweet tooth, but funny enough, he ended up becoming an Ironman athlete and was really got into nutrition himself and trying to understand how he could have better performance with his food. Um, so that was kind of a fun journey. He himself has done four Ironmans across the country, full Ironmans, and then quite a few halves as well. 
Mm-hmm. I am also a runner. I ran a lot of half marathons and I've done a relay Ironman where I did the running part for that. Mm-hmm. So we definitely so, like to kind of push ourselves to the limits a bit. <laughs> exactly. So an Ironman, is that two miles swimming? Is that Oh right? gosh. I, no, I, it's I way more it's than two, that. 13. It's 2.4 miles swim. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe a hundred and six mile bike ride and a marathon run and then a marathon, a whole marathon yeah. after all that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you guys are tough. You are the real deal. <laughs> so, and since we're in January, kind of at the beginning of the year, so many people are saying, okay, I'm going to eat better. And this might be perfect timing because some people have mainly already maybe given up and, and gone back to some of the sweet treats right. and some of those things. Like, so what, what do you like, what do people come to you? Um, what are what are mistakes that people make around that? Some of those beginning of the year goals of I'm going to eat better, I'm going to exercise better. What are those yeah. common mistakes that make them fail? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is people just try to jump all in without a plan. It just becomes mm-hmm. this all or nothing thing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, starting January first, I'm not going to eat any sugar for like a month. And so they just come up with a hardcore plan and it's something that's not realistic. Um, they, I don't think, think about the steps of, is this something feasible? Is this going to work with my family? Um, what's going to happen in certain situations if we're going to travel on the weekend and with all or nothing thinking it's, um, I have to be perfect in this area. And if I don't, then I fail. And then with that feeling of failing, then it's giving up. To do really extreme goal setting, it takes a lot of willpower to try to be able to focus. And that's just not doable for most people. You know, and I think sometimes, depending on the personality, it's kind of fun to set little goals to think, okay, right. can I go you know, two weeks and not have anything with added sugar? And you realize right. how hard that is. Yeah. So it's really finding a balance and kind of thinking through, okay, what are my habits right now that are not healthy? What are the things that I've noticed that I think might be causing some trouble either in my health or just how I handle my day-to-day routines with food or activity? And how could I just pick a couple things to focus on and start changing those routines into healthier habits? Mm -hmm. Picking those couple things and having a plan. Those are good things. What do you recommend for people to be successful? You you mentioned kind of having that plan. What do you mm-hmm. see as what kind of plan usually works best for people? Yeah. So how I like to go about it is uh, I encourage people to take maybe like a week, maybe at least a few days and write down. It sounds like a lot of work, but really write down what do they do throughout the day? Like what time do they wake up? When do they first start eating or drinking? What are their their choices? Um, How much time are they actually sitting throughout the day versus up walking or being active, doing something? And so you're really taking the time to kind of journal your day-to-day life, but it works as a really great observation piece to see like, okay, how does my day-to-day life look? And that's where people realize like, gosh, I didn't realize that every single day I went to the break room and ate two cookies or I'm drinking my sugary coffee drinks way more often than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And, but when they see it and have to write it down and look back at it, they learn a lot about themselves and can find those habits that aren't bringing health into their life. And so it's like, okay, this is something 
that I can focus on changing. And then we look for a replacement on what they could do um, for a snack or um, how else they might use that time um, in a healthier way. This is Angie with a side note here. Farron and I were discussing our next question, how our spiritual and emotional health impact our physical health. And we wanted to share our thoughts with you. Farron had said, this is what she takes away from having a nutritionist. Sometimes we think we know what to do. We think we know what's healthy for us. But when there's an authority on the matter to guide us and people to keep us accountable, we have to be humble enough to recognize what needs correcting. What I think might be helping me may be hindering me. So I go to an authority to understand and accept what truly will nourish me daily. The Bible feeds my spirit, guides my feet, my thoughts, my words, holding me accountable for the condition of my heart. My nutritionist or trainer instructs and tortures me and holds me accountable to what will improve the condition of my physical body. We take care of our temples first so we can go and take care of his kingdom. And this is Angie. I think it's so important to first be grounded in how God sees us that we are enough. We are dearly loved. We are not lacking. So we have our identity and what God thinks of us first. And we aren't trying to prove ourselves or trying to measure up by what number is on the scale or how we look in our clothes. Then we have self-control because if we are a believer and follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of us and equips us to resist things that aren't good for us. So now we're back to our conversation with Jennifer. So So, how do you see people's even emotional health and spiritual health tying into that? Like how do people find uh, first, even with the emotional side, find mm -hmm. out, you know, how that connects? Right. Food is something that is always there. We, we need Mm -hmm. food to survive. So it's Mm -hmm. something that we can't just, you know, push away and not take in. So being able to recognize when, um, one, we're eating for another reason besides physical hunger, too. So if we're going to food at a time we're not physically hungry, I have people think about, okay, why are you making this choice right now? You're not hungry. You just had lunch maybe an hour and a half ago. Um, are you bored? Are you procrastinating? Are you frustrated? Um, you know, you hear that like, oh, it's a Monday. I need to go get my... Right. Coffee drink or my donut to feel better because it's the Monday blues or um, just all kinds of different things that we're led to believe even just in our society mm-hmm. that we need to have this to feel better or we're feeling sad or lonely. Chocolate will make us feel better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, too, is just even in the marketing of foods that we need this certain thing in order to function. Right. Um, but it's usually not a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There. Um, I definitely see a lot of um, deeper needs, um, you know, individuals that overeat at night or binge eat um, based off of it's how they deal with a stressful situation. They turn to food to feel better and mm-hmm. it can get too dangerous to a point where they're numbing their emotions. So instead right. of taking the time to understand their feelings, um, actually feel them and Mm -hmm. be okay with what they're experiencing and finding the right support to work through it. They just kind of shut down, close up and they go to the food and just eating and not even realizing it. Oh yeah. Well, that's one of those things that I haven't really noticed before at different times that I'm doing it until I try to do something like, you know, I'm praying about something and I'm going to fast for the day. 
Oh, and I, as I'm on a fast and then I realize, oh my goodness, I would be going like how many times I automatically think to go to that food or go to something else, you know, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, just do what I need to be doing next that you just use that as a thing to cheer you up or when you're annoyed or frustrated, like you said, that mm-hmm. you go right to that food. Yeah. I even find as women, we, we, um, we're doers. Like I, I know I struggle with this. Like I always feel like I have to be doing something or I'm not accomplishing stuff in the day. And I have a really hard time just sitting down and being okay with relaxing and just taking a deep breath and not doing anything. And I've caught myself even that food is doing something, you know? And so I think people think, well, if I eat a snack, it's okay. Cause I'm doing something. I'm not just sitting and doing nothing. And I've even found myself like after dinner, I don't like doing dishes. And so I went through a time span where I was always going to the pantry and getting a piece of chocolate <laughs> to make dishes better. Right. <laughs> well, I have to do the dishes either way. I think I can get through it without chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> if we want to make changes, like what's kind of, what are all the things? Like there's so many tools and some people do better with accountability system with friends. Some people do better with like calorie tracking. Some people do better yeah. with trying to put in more of it. Like how, how do we start? Right. So definitely having your goal in mind, what it is you want to work on first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm a huge fan of writing things down in journaling. I think it's because I'm very visual. I have to have constant reminders of what it is I'm working on. Cause I might be full set Sunday, Monday, and then I'll forget already by Wednesday of what it was I was working on. And so having constant visuals and cues, um, surround yourself with people that kind of have the same goals that line up with you. You know, if you want to be a healthy eater, enjoy meals with people who also want to eat healthy. Um, and there's other like apps that you could use on your phone. Um, there's quite a few, there's like the lose it app. There's my fitness pal, there's Fitbit apps. Uh, there's quite a few out there. Just if you want to use that to track your intake again, just to look for things to change. I caution specific calorie counting. Um, I mean, you can fit into a calorie range and still be making unhealthy choices. So you really want to look at the big picture as of are the foods you choosing benefiting your health? Are they going to make your immune system stronger? Are they going to be able to fight disease? You know, and just looking at the value of the foods that we choose, we're surrounded by so many unhealthy choices at the grocery store and just being able to really lay out what your goals are and how you want to eat and make sure again, it's doable and not overly restrictive and give yourself some grace too, because I don't believe there's any perfect way to eat, but trying to stay within good general guidelines, you know, five servings of fruits and vegetable day a day is a good goal. Trying to get in more whole grains, um, ancient grains, try some new things, some beans and legumes and trying to choose those complex carbohydrates for energy instead of, you know, process things with added sugar. We know we just don't feel good when we eat those. And so Mm -hmm. I think once you get started and just try to commit to changes for a week or two, and you see how much better you feel, it makes it a lot easier to keep going. Right. Yeah. And that's the big thing that so many people don't realize that what they're eating is affecting how they feel. You know, they just don't feel good. Angie here with another side note. 
uh, as we talked about helpful, helpful tools, Farron uh, really shared that she knows the value of seeking out an authority with proven results over the long run. No magic pills or shakes. Don't take money advice from a broke person, spiritual advice from a hateful or toxic person, or health advice from an unhealthy person. Be humble to know when you need help. Don't make it too complicated. A confused mind usually says no. So make your health journey as simple as possible in the beginning as you build better nutritional habits. No fancy recipes or advanced meal prepping. Just take it step by step and making better choices. She utilizes BA Fitness for nutrition and training. The nutrition portion is part of the diet doc. She also utilizes MyFitnessPal app so she can log her meals and know the parameters of what she can eat for the day according to her nutritional goals. And then uh, this is Angie, as I was sharing some of my favorite tips. Uh, one I learned from my friends who are doing things well, my friends at the gym who really seem to be meeting the goals they want of just being healthier, gaining strength. And then we make a plan together to meet our goals and for nutrition. I really try to eat a balanced diet and I'm a big fan of any of the Trim Healthy Mama cookbooks. Uh, that's a great resource and they have so many resources online as well. And I utilize my fitness pal as well, that app to really stay within my limits or I can really go overboard on sugar. So those are just some tips from us or some pieces of our conversation, conversation that we wanted to share with you. And now we'll get back to our conversation with Jennifer. So what about the diet fads and trends? Uh, what are they more helpful than hurtful? What's yeah. Oh gosh. It seems like there's always something new coming out yeah. that I have to really pay attention because sometimes a patient will come in and I'll be like, have you heard of blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh gosh, no, this is a new one. <laughs> but you know, anything that is weight loss focused or healthy eating focused, man, it is a billion dollar industry. There are so right. many books and magazines and promises. That this is the, the best answer out there. You really got to look at it and think, does this make sense? Um, mm -hmm. I would caution anything that pulls out an entire food group that can right. just make eating really hard. Plus we have the food groups for a reason. They all have a different purpose in our body and different nutritional values. So when you're pulling out a whole food group, there's a whole area of nutrients that you're missing mm -hmm. and you can have deficiencies that will cause other problems that you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many different diets out there too. And so you just have to really look at it and say, does this look like something that would actually work for me? Is it lifelong? You know, th that's mm -hmm. the other thing is when we're looking at health, we want it to be a change that is a healthy habit for the rest of your life, not something just a short-term fix mm -hmm. there. You want it to be long-term. So I would say like, helpful or hurtful that they're definitely more hurtful. I see a mm -hmm. lot of mixed messages and people come to me and they're so confused about food. Cause right. if you line up five different diets, they're all talking about something else being bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to eat? Right. Um, so it really, I'm a big fan of thinking okay, 80 to 90% of our food, high quality nutrition and then 10 to 20% can be play food. Like you can mm -hmm. have a very nutrient-rich, healthy diet, but still have a little bit of room in there for that serving of ice cream when you really want it, or that piece of chocolate, or making homemade mm -hmm. cookies and enjoying a few with your, your kids. Mm -hmm. It's just about that balance and not thinking, oh, but if I eat this, 
I'm making a bad choice. So I might as well just eat the whole thing and get rid of it. Right. So oh, that's, that's so me. <laughs> that's the all or nothing thinking. thinking right. I'm really good today. Oh, I made a mistake. Well, now I might as well forget about it and just keep eating uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have and to I, do that. <laughs> I once heard you say something about willpower, I think, on the success that really um, willpower is is really the least area that you'd be successful. I don't remember what it was. It was like, you're not going to be successful based on willpower. Yeah. It's only, it's just short term. Like we can usually put our mind to something and, um, really push hard, but if it's not coming a little bit more natural, it's really hard to stick with it. Like Mm -hmm. you can have strong willpower and avoid anything with like sugar for a couple weeks, but then it becomes hard because something pops up and it's like, oh, I went to my grandma's house and she made me brownies. You really want to enjoy a brownie with grandma, but you set this rule in your head that, you know, it's no Mm -hmm. sugar. And so you just kind of have to be careful with things like that because then they cause stress, frustration, and then other emotions come in. Right. Oh yeah. So is there anything that I didn't get to ask that you think would be helpful for people to think about or to know? Yeah. So I am a huge believer in mindfulness. I was teaching a class called intuitive eating at the hospital that we've had to postpone ever since the COVID pandemic. So we haven't got to restart it, but I'm a big believer in trusting your body, taking care of your body. You know, like I said, our body deserves to be nourished well and treated with respect um, nutritionally, but also physically we are meant to move too. So you know, sitting on a couch all day or in a desk chair, that's not taking care of our body in the way it needs. So taking time for movement, just as we take time to put good food into our body, but being mindful of also our hunger and fullness cues, we were given the natural ability to understand or feel what hunger feels like. And so our body tells us when it needs that food to eat for fuel. And then as we're eating, that hunger starts to go away and we start to feel a sense of full. And so being able to recognize what fullness is, that's the natural cue to stop eating. Mm -hmm. So besides just being able to make healthy choices, understanding how to regulate your intake throughout the day is also huge. Mm -hmm. Um, We get these signals throughout the day um, Mm -hmm. and due to chaotic lifestyle or dieting routines from the past, those can disappear and people lose them. And so I do really encourage as a way to fuel the body, be very mindful on your energy levels. We are meant to eat about every four hours or so. So Mm -hmm. again, remembering you need to refuel throughout the day. Yeah. And that reminds me that's something I Googled the other day on energy levels. When you are feeling tired, what's the best choice to grab? When you yeah. like, feel like you need an energy picking up. Yeah. So carbohydrates are the quickest source of energy for our muscles and our brain. So I always think a carbohydrate food. So whether it's fruit, yogurt, um, like whole grain crackers, something that breaks down to glucose for energy and then combining that with proteins, protein of fat is digested a little bit slower. And so it helps to carry that energy out. So some examples would be like a sliced apple and dipping it in peanut butter or mm-hmm. um, whole grain crackers and like a cheese stick, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like a Greek yogurt with some berries or a little bit mm-hmm. of granola, um, toast and peanut butter, banana and peanut. I love peanut butter. 
Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter makes me feel awesome. When I <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you just have an apple, that's only going to give you a little bit of energy for about an hour, maybe. And so right. adding the protein of fat with it will carry it out for another yeah. hour or so to help you get to oh, that really. next meal. Yeah. So. Oh, good. And what are any of the tools or books that you'd recommend for people that just say, okay, I don't want to do a gimmick or fat. I just want to know the right thing to do. Right. Like what's the good for me thing? Like what, what are some of those resources you'd recommend? Mm-hmm. So, um, our kids learn about choose my plate in school, my plate. Um, so they actually have a really cool tool on their website where it's called, uh, my plate plan. So you can put in your personal information. So your, your age, your height, your weight, your activity level, male or female, and it will actually give you an estimated calorie range based off of that. And I think if you're overweight, it might ask you if you are looking to lose weight. And so it decreases it a little bit. And so it's a pretty solid tool to use. So it takes the calorie amount it recommends, and then it breaks it down of that. It will share with you how many servings of fruit you would need a day, how many servings of vegetables, protein, dairy, whole grain. So it gives you a really good starting point if you're not quite sure how to even balance out, Mm -hmm. um, the food groups, but, but really even just, um, some of the websites that I use would be that choose, uh, myplate.gov and the American heart associations website and, um, the diabetes.org. So it's American diabetes association. Also eatright.org is the Academy of nutrition and dietetics the information that they put on their sites are based off of years of evidence-based research. So there's not going to be necessarily like fad related stuff in there. They -hmm. have recipes on all those sites there. And I go to the diabetes and heart association one a lot, just because they choose foods that are nutrient rich, high fiber, whole grains, lots of plant food, and then lean protein. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be well-rounded. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for these resources. So we like to close every podcast with kind of asking that question. uh, What's your favorite thing right now? What's your favorite thing to be doing right now? Especially I bet you have some favorites with your boys right now. Oh, yes. So, um, well, we're big skiers. So um, we're going to be heading down to McCall this weekend to go skiing. So we enjoy just even the cabin time, um, being down at the family cabin by the fire and playing games. Um, but also at home, like we have a little basketball hoop on the back of the pantry door. <laughs> so oh, we have a lot of little basketball games every night. Um, oh, and even if I'm not playing, but watching the boys or having them in the background, goofing off, doing things like that. We play a lot of board games in the evening. So like when one boy's at practice, I'll be hanging out playing games with the other one. So I just, I love that one-on-one time with them doing things like that. Oh, that's so fun. Which I do have a board game recommendation for you that we have just discovered. Have you heard of the game Sky Joe? No. Sky Joe. It's kind of like golf. It's just cards. It's kind of like the card game golf, but there's 12 of them. It is so fun. We've been having in all our first grader, our third grader, like my husband and I all sit down and play it. And we just, the kids love it. And oh, it's a perfect game in the evening, not a ton of setup, just cards. Yeah. And it is so fun. So I highly recommend it. Uh, 
We just learned how to play Skippo. I know it's an old one. <laughs> yeah. I think it was another podcast. Um, yeah. I, I think it was one of yours. One of the couples oh, yeah. talked about right. it. And so I was like, oh, I got to try this. So Cohen and I learned to play Skippo. We've been doing that. <laughs> that. That is so fun, especially to get like all the kids that like to actually everybody to play together and like doing something. It is so fun. So we just yeah. got another one in the mail this week that we're looking forward to opening up and trying to figure it out. But I know it's going to be a complicated one. A little time to <laughs> definitely need a weekend to figure that out, not a school night. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jennifer. I hope that um, that everybody got lots of great resources and we will have information in our show notes that you can look that up and um, just send us uh, questions. If you have questions, info at favoredjourney.com. If you have questions for Jennifer and we'll try to get those answers for you. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, of course. It was fun. Thank you. That's all for our show today, but thank you for joining us. Please don't forget to click subscribe and follow the Flawed and Favored podcast. And if you can give us a positive review and share us with your friends, we would love to get the word out to others. We hope you go out today knowing you may be flawed, but you are still favored. We are also so thankful to our podcast partners who help us bring these messages to you. And if you want information about becoming a partner and sharing your products and services with our listeners, email us at info at favorjourney.com.